Hey, my go-getters, Christy here. Welcome to the Meezy Muse Unplugged podcast. We've got an amazing show lined up for you today. If this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. The Meezy Muse Unplugged podcast is produced every other Friday for your enjoyment. Show information, as well as any links shared on today's episode, can be found at www.meezymuse.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSSS feed, SoundCloud, or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Just search for Christy Lindor or check out my blog at www.christylindor.com. Have a question about consulting? Would like to be a guest on the show? We would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at Unplugged at Gmail. That's Unplugged at Gmail. Now let's get on with today's show. You are now tuned in to the Meesey Muse Unplugged, a pop-up podcast variety show helping consultants along their journey to greatness with your host, management consultant, author, and blogger, Christy Lindor. go-getters. So for today's episode, we are going to do a AMA interview, which again is Ask Me Anything. And I'm super excited. I think you're going to enjoy today's show. We have an amazing guest. So please help me in welcoming John Robinson. He's the CEO of Backup CEO. So thank you, John, so much for taking time to connect with us on the Missy News Unplugged. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is going to be great. I'm just super excited to hear more about your story. So I guess before we we jump into questions, maybe you can just give our listeners kind of a, a brief overview of your background and, and how you kind of got into consulting and what are you currently doing right now? Yeah, I will. So my timeline is, I would say, pretty simple. But then as I talk it out loud, it's going to sound kind of complicated. But I spent about 15 years in traditional corporate marketing roles at brands that you would know, such as GE and Citibank and Discover Card. And that was in the financial services sector. And then I went into telecom. So I worked at AT AT&T. And then I ended up in healthcare. So I was head of marketing for HealthNet and then a division of WellPoint. So I spent a majority of my post-undergrad and post-graduate years in corporate America. And All of a sudden, one day, I figured that I wanted to do something different, and that something different was to become an entrepreneur. And one some of the easiest ways to become an entrepreneur is to become a consultant, because all you're doing is monetizing your experience, your skills, your techniques, you know, and some of your gifts. So that's how, you know, I started about 10 years ago in going into the space of helping CEOs who needed to boost their confidence and kind of needed some support that wasn't really out there. And that's hence when I created Backup CEO. And just to give you a little background on Backup CEO and the naming alone, it had to do with a bunch of research that I was doing on vulnerability and vulnerability and leadership. And we all know that, that we struggle sometimes to ask for help. I know I do. <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of times I struggle to ask for help. 
Now, when it comes to painting, I am quick to make a phone call to call a painter. But when it comes to other things, it takes me a bit of time. So I was doing a lot of research on vulnerability and leadership, and Enron happened. And mm. I was puzzled. You remember Enron? So, yeah. so Enron happened, and I thought, man, why did that CEO not have someone around him or a team around him that would hold him more accountable to higher values or that would challenge him to make him uncomfortable. And I thought, well, you know what? Most CEOs hire people that they like, hire people that are speaking the same language. And what, in essence, what they're hiring, they're just hiring themselves. Right. So when I uncovered this concept that said, how can I get CEOs that don't ask for help to ask for help, the naming convention backup CEO came up and it came up because I called one of my friends that I thought would never ask for help. And my friend Pete, I went to undergrad with, is a Chicago police officer. And he's a Chicago police officer since he was 22 years old and he's still on the force, be retiring soon. And I asked him, I said, hey, Pete, when do you ask for help? And he told me, I call for backup every time I pull a car over. I thought, what do you mean every time you pull a car over? He says, yeah, every time I pull a car over. Anytime I walk on the left side of the car, the driver's side, there's a blind spot on the right side of the car. If I walk on the right side of the car, there's a blind spot on the left. And if I pull one car over, I could have pulled the first car of a caravan of cars. So I always need a second set of eyes on the situation. And that's when I had my aha, is that I think every CEO needs a second set of eyes on the situation, hence backup CEO. So that's, that's how I stumbled into that catchy naming convention. I'll answer a different question that comes to mind as I'm hearing you, and it's what commonalities did I learn about the shortcomings of CEOs who were unwilling to ask for help. And I'll say one of the shortcomings that I noticed was this idea that I already know it. You know, this idea that if I'm wrong, then my self-esteem is tied to that. So the CEOs who were afraid to be wrong, the CEOs that... um, didn't want to acknowledge other shortcomings were the ones that didn't have support systems around them that could have self-sustaining companies. And what I mean by self-sustaining companies is the fact is, is that if you are really good at asking for help, that means you're good at delegating. And if you're good at delegating, that means you can set up a business that you don't have to be there all the time and that it will have higher employee satisfaction, higher customer satisfaction. So there's a lot of corollaries to the consequences of CEOs not being able to ask for help. And with that, how is a typical project? You know, I I hear the term backup CEO. I hear the vulnerability piece. And I'm trying to connect the dot of of what a service like that would look like. So, Samia, can you just maybe bring it a little visualization of like how you go about doing that? 
Yeah, and I, I like the question because if whenever I'm asked the question of what you do, I don't answer it in the traditional way. I answer it in two parts. I said, what do I do with my time and how do I make money? So I'll answer how I constructed my backup CEO consulting arrangement. And there's been a mix through the years. And some have been by project, but it's evolved to a retainer with percentages of performance, either revenue or profit or even shares of the company. So I created a pretty unique consulting model that is beyond just, you know, I'm a billable per hour person. So my consulting engagements are few because I believe that I'm not scalable. And as a consultant, I think that's what you learn through time is that the more clients that you have, the higher the likelihood that you won't be able to create the value or at the high, at the level that you want to create the value consistently. So that would be one tip that I would share is that if you is if those that are out there considering, you know, what's the best design in a consulting arrangement, I would say one part retainer, two part performance. You know, some type of performance arrangement if it's tied to whatever the metric is that they're hiring you to do. If it's to increase sales, if it's to increase profitability, if it's to make something 10 times easier, whatever it is, tie it to that outcome. And that definitely is risky because end of the day, I used to have like $15,000 a month retainers and I did better when I had a $5,000 a month retainer that was tied to a year-end performance of you know, 10% of improvement of of revenue. So, so there's there's a mix. I would say that you know that's kind of how the pricing model is is where it is today. Okay, okay, that's and I like the I like the hybrid that you that you've come up with for the for the model. How do you go about getting clients? Is it someone that reaches out to you? You know, just kind of hearing that vulnerability and leadership. I'm sure if you know based on what you've shared. That's probably not something people can would easily admit to, especially at a, at the C-suite level. Like so, so maybe yeah. you can share a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty strategic in in the clients that I work with, and not only am I strategic in the ones I work with, but also who I attract. And my client list is mostly referral, and it's mostly organic. And when I say organic, I spend a good amount of time in settings with CEOs and CEO forums that I belong to. And I end up either picking up a new client in, you know, within the CEO forum that I belong to, or I'm referred by someone there. So it's truly handshakes. It's not Facebook ads. It's not email lists. It's nothing like that traditional. And I think, you know, if you said, well, where where have some clients come that surprise you that you didn't expect? I've had some that's come through listening to podcasts because I've done a lot of podcasts and video webcasts and things like that and been guests on, and they've come from there as well, which was surprising. Yeah. 
Today's episode is brought to you on behalf of the Misi Muse. A hundred plus selected practices, unwritten rules and habits of great consultants. A book by Christy Lindor. Written in the voice of a mentor, the Misi Muse provides insights on the unwritten rules of great consultants. A perfect read for new or aspiring consultants. Christy dives into her 15 plus years of consulting experience while sharing interviews and anecdotes from over 50 consulting partners and leaders that represents thought leadership from 80% of the top 10 consulting firms in the world. Pre-sale begins shortly. Sign up at www.macymuse.com. Just switching gears slightly here, what is like the, the one thing you're most proud of since you've started your, your company? I think the one thing that I'm most proud of is that I've honed a skill of value creation. And I didn't know, I thought that I was a good listener. I thought that I provided great feedback. I thought that I, you know, was being valuable. And as time has gone on, it's been constant iterations and redefinitions of what someone would deem valuable. So that would be the thing that I'm most proud of is getting on the same page of what value is to, to my clients. Awesome. And given that, now that you know you, you have the setup, and, and it just sounds like such an amazing concept. I, I really love it. I think it's so spot on, especially these days. There's just so many different lenses that people have. They have to have. So I think your, your service definitely is, is timely. What would be some advice you would give to like a consultant that just got started in their profession or, or maybe kind of like you, they built up an expertise in their, in their world and they're deciding to kind of strike it out on their own and come up with something that's, that's not out there. Like what advice would you give them? Well, the first thing, and, and I did this and it's going to sound pretty silly, but I called my mother. And what I mean by I called my mother <laughs> is I called my mom and I said, hey, do I have a place to live? And this is when I'm in a million-dollar house in Scottsdale and all the stuff that's associated with all those years of me working in corporate America. And she says, well, you have – I have two homes, matter of fact. And she says, well, you always have a, a place to live. So why are you asking? I said, because I'm about to do something really crazy. And that's, you know, when I decided that I wanted to get into entrepreneurship and start my companies. So if you said, well, why would you call your mother? And the reason why I called my mother is because I wanted to know what the worst possibility that it could be for me if this didn't work out, which was live with my mother. So once once I knew that that was a possibility, I said, no way, I'm not going to end up living with my mother. So <laughs> I pushed myself when pushing needed to be done. But I had a safety net. If that's, if safety net meant, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs of just having basic shelter, I knew that I would have it. So I guess the, the short-winded answer to that advice is know what your worst-case scenario is mm-hmm. and then embrace it. Embrace mm. it. Yeah. And then, really good advice. Yeah. So that would be the first thing. I think the second thing is I would lean into danger. And what I mean by that is what are the dangers that are ahead that I have to be aware of? 
And I'll give you some examples. Anytime you're starting a new business, consulting or what have you, there's a danger that money can run out. There's a danger that it may take longer than you expect to get the clients you want. There's a danger of you getting clients that you don't want, but they're paying the bill. So my advice is get your arms around all the possible harms or dangers that might be ahead so then you could at least prepare for them a little bit. And when I say prepare, I don't think you can prepare for everything, but to be aware, you can be aware enough for sure. Right, right. That's a really good advice, particularly the risk and the, I like the lean into danger. I'm going to start using that line. <laughs> I really like that. So just to kind of, you, you talked about your two homes and John, I recently watched a YouTube video. It looks like you were at a speaking event, like a Ignite San Diego. And and listeners, yeah. I'm actually going to include, I'm going to include a link to that video because I think, I think it's worth the five or so minutes that it was. Can you maybe share a little bit about that story with our listeners? Because I think it's relevant. So you're going to force me to share the scariest thing I've ever done, but I am going to share it. So yes, this event that you're talking about is I didn't know Ignite was a organization all the way around the world, and it's a simple concept that says, tell your story in five minutes with 20 slides, and slides cannot be, no words on them, just pictures. I think it's 20 pictures. And my talk was the first time I've ever spoke in front of a public on something that wasn't related to business. And you, we talk about vulnerability. It was my vulnerability experiment. And the vulnerability experiment was to share that I had made a decision, a conscious decision, to give away all of the possessions that I'd accumulated over the years, for over uh, 40, 42 years, from all those companies, all those, you know, all those places that you heard me say earlier, you know, things that you collect or accumulate when you get a little bit successful, you end up with a lot of stuff. So I did a talk on what it's been like to give away everything and reclaim my self-esteem. And I think that as people are leaning into considering going into consulting, there's a moment that you will wonder what your self-esteem or what your self-worth is when things aren't going well. And this experiment this, that I'm talking about that you, the listeners will see, it's just my journey. It's my journey of realizing that possessions aren't what make people who they are. So, yeah, that's, that's the talk. Yeah. How did you feel after that talk? Like when you walked off the stage? <laughs> the relief, relief would be one. I had an energy of achievement that mm. I hadn't had in a while. And I think when you're in corporate America, what corporate America sometimes has you believing is achievement really isn't until you are all by yourself, until mm. you're on a stage, until your heart's pounding like you're a hummingbird. And when you lean into, I guess lean, lean into will be our thing today, but lean into that uncomfortableness, that fear, that anxiety, and then to hear 
applause, to hear laughter, to hear thinking. I mean, to hear thinking, hear silence, because you are connecting with an audience, it was powerful. It was powerful the, the moment I walked up that stage. And like I said, that's the first time I'd ever been on a stage. Yeah. Have you been since? Have you gone to Ignite or other? You know what? I have done a few things. I have done a few things, but not as, as big as that. But I have spoken to children in, you know, undernourished school districts to kind of talk about that story as well. So, yeah, I have done a few things. Yeah. Well, you know, John, I, I really thank you for sharing that story, that story on, on Ignite and having it on YouTube so people can check it out. And, and listeners, it is so worth the time. I, I really advise you to go and, and watch it because I think that's one of the keys to really living a fulfilling life is kind of having that sense of, of, of detachment can be freeing. And so I thank you for sharing that. It was, it was so powerful. I was so moved when I watched it. Well, I'm glad that it touched you because I had not heard someone state so succinctly like you did of what the intention was, which is detachment. And I believe detachment is a skill. And that's something that we all should practice a bit because it grounds you. I mean, it really does. It grounds you when you detach yourself from possessions or detach yourself from unhealthy relationships or detach yourself from unhealthy habits. But detaching for sure is a is a skill. Yeah, it surely is. And, you know, I have a couple of mentees of mine that they're actually struggling with that concept of detachment as a consultant. They have spent several years building their careers at really prestigious firms. And while, the, you know, and it's funny, it's two different monthies, two different firms, but they've somehow associated their identity to the title of consulting, but also to the firm, because the firm that they, they work at are, you know, top firms in the world. And they're struggling with that. They're, they want to walk away, but because they, they want to be able to say, I work at X company. And they know that when people, when they say that people look at them a certain way and they get a certain type of kind of credibility, they're struggling with that detachment. So, so for someone like that, and you know, you talked about vulnerability, what advice would you give them? Well, I directly can empathize with them because the the logos that I shared, you know, those, those logos have opened doors for me. Those logos have been perceived as, you know, badges of honor that, you know, I'm credible because I've had those, you know, logos in that history. And the truth is, the impact that I've made has had more runway. And when I say runway, runway toward a deeper trust in myself and a deeper confidence in myself than those logos did. So my advice to anyone who is considering Detaching from those logos, it would be to attach to something that's bigger than the logos, which is a value, something that you want to make a difference in the world with. And, you know, that's something that I'm working on. I have a fundamental belief that if Uber can get you to think it's okay to get into a stranger's car and Airbnb can get you to think it's okay to sleep in a stranger's bed, 
I will get the world to trust talking to strangers whenever they're stressed. So my big dream, my big impact is to create the largest global network of gifted listeners. And from psychologists to therapists to social workers to bartenders to where anybody on demand 24-7 can talk to somebody whenever they want to be heard. Because in this society now, no matter Facebook or, you know, all of the different social media channels, there are so many people that are not being heard. And I state this passion of mine because I think that that's the key when someone's considering, you know, leaving the logos. I'll call it leaving the logos. And attached to something bigger than yourself. Right. I love the project that you're working Hey, go-getters. Have feedback on today's show? Questions on consulting? Want to be a guest? We'd love to hear from you. Just drop us a line at mecmuseunplugged at gmail. That's mecmuseunplugged at gmail.com. You can also show us your support by downloading episodes, spreading the word to friends and family, or leaving us a review. Remember, Meesey Muse Unplugged is a pop-up podcast, which means we'll stick around as long as we continue to hear from you. Thank you for your support. Now back to today's show. You, you're working on some like really cool, meaningful stuff, Don. This is great. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I am. I, and, that, and that's a, one of the, and I'll use consequence in a positive way. That's the consequence of letting go. That's the consequence yeah. that I could, still be in, I could still be in corporate America right now making a pretty good salary and and not being as healthy and free and able to show up for people. I know this. I was not able to show up for, for many people, including myself, when I was overworked and overpaid. So for those that are considering it, that is a, a huge upside is that you, you'll have space to create. Yeah. Yeah. No, making that space is critical. And so my, my last question for you today is around the Alt-MBA. So you and I both went through the Seth Godin Alt-MBA program. Maybe you can share a little bit about your journey of, of how you found out about it. You know, what did you learn? If you can just share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have a big smirk on my face on, on the Alt-MBA program because I think life is about timing. And I was very intentional when I decided to do Alt MBA and it was it was brought to me by Seth Godin through one of his blog posts and at the time I needed the jumper cables put on me I mean, like a, a battery that was almost dead I needed the jumper cables and that's what it was for me that it was jumper cables, a new boost of energy, a a kick in the in the in the right direction. And the experience of shipping and experience of collaboration, the experience of getting into a healthy habit of creation and providing feedback was a big surprise for me. I didn't expect that. I mm-hmm. just expected to be put into an arena with 199 other people who are impacting the world and see what revealed itself. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, what I thought before and what I think after. And 
if you said, well, I was in Ultimate Five, which was May of 2016, and I would tell you I am just as engaged with the community as I as I was over a year ago. So there is a, a community that is available after the Alton VA traditional experience. Yeah, it's truly a remarkable program. And and listeners, I know you probably heard me sprinkle in the, the Alt-MBA and I talked about it in my first episode. And I mentioned I'll probably do an episode just on Alt-MBA, but it's such an amazing leadership development program that both John and I went through. And no, this is not a paid commercial or anything. I mean, it's just that powerful of a construct. So yeah, I'll, I'll share contact on a future episode and I'll add links. So if you want to get information now to the program, but John, this is such a pleasure. And thank you so much for, for joining us on today's show. I know you will continue to make a ruckus out there. I cannot wait to see kind of what you do next, especially with you know the, the your project of the gifted listeners and that network. I think that's awesome. We'd and love to have you back on the me, show in the future. Yeah, and let me name it for you. So when you, yes. it's the, the movement is called Mind at Ease. And and Mind that's what that is. It's because it is the state that I want the world to be in is mind at ease and the app is vent. So and that's what I think we, we all need to do a better job of is is venting freely to where we can put our own mind at ease. So that's that's my that's my movement. Awesome. Awesome. So with that, John, do you wanna share your contact information if people are interested? in your backup CEO services or more information about your Mind at Ease network? Do you want to share a little bit of a contact for them? Absolutely. So two ways with Twitter at backup CEO and then email johnjohn at backupceo.com. And feel free to, to connect with me on anything. If it's you're interested in Alton BA if you're interested in going into consulting or if you've gone into consulting and want to go back into corporate America, I did that as well. So if you have any you know, questions or anything, please reach out. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for John for having us speak with you and continue making a ruckus. Like I said, I cannot wait to continue to, to watch your journey. And listeners, if you have any questions, thoughts about today's episode, want to send us your questions and then we can have a future guests answer them. Remember to just drop us a line at unplugged at gmail. With that, thank you again, John. And listeners, here's to your journey to greatness. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This pop-up podcast was inspired by my upcoming book, The Misi Muse, 100 plus selected practices, unwritten rules, and habits of great consultants. I have people asking me over the last year many questions about this book, but the one question that comes up constantly is, Christy, you have such a demanding career. How did you find time to write this book? And honestly, the answer is simple. I really sought to become the mentor that I wish I had earlier in my career. In the beginning of my career, I didn't have many mentors, um, mental maps of what success really looked like, and I really struggled with that in, in a lot of different ways. 
But what's nice about struggles is that I overcame them. I grew stronger, more competent, and I'm so excited where I am today in my career. I, I just want to share, you know, what I've learned and be able to help you. And so I wrote the book, you know, with my years of experience, but I also had an opportunity, an amazing opportunity to connect with over 50 or so consulting partners and leaders across the industry, sharing their stories, their antidotes, their resources on how you could be a great consultant yourself. So do me a favor, pick up your phone right now. Go to www.mecnews.com. If you scroll down, you'll see a little box to sign up for uh, the book pre-sale notification. Go ahead and sign up for it. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback on uh, my book as well as the podcast. So thanks again for listening. And here's to your journey to greatness. <laughs>